All right, everybody, welcome to B.O. Boys for Thursday, August 3rd. Fuck it, it's a raw feed. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton. Yeah, I'm Pat. Clayton, happy day after your birthday. I mean, let's let the listeners know your birthday was yesterday. Yes, definitely. Let everybody know identifiable information about me. Is it is a birthday something that could be used? Yes. People know people's yes. birthdays. No, they okay, don't. So, so, so when entertainment the only tonight, who know my birthday, yeah, is my friends, my family, AMC. So I get my free popcorn, and other than that, that's it. Okay, my bank. But, that's it. But you have to accept that the Bo Boys are on the rise. The show is bigger. Uh, uh, answer this: Yes or no? Bo Boys is bigger than it ever has been before, right? J- July yeah, was the one hundred percent. July was the biggest month in the history of the Bo Boys. Is that correct? Yes. So that means that you uh, are. I'm a public on your figure. way to. You're a public figure, and, and you sound like TMZ right now, Pat. Well, you understand of, that? You sound of, like TMZ. Th- Think of when we were we were kids watching Entertainment Tonight every night. Mary Hart, what would she do every episode? The end of every episode, she would announce celebrity birthdays. What? Celebrity birthdays. So was that was that Entertainment Tonight uh, revealing critical, identifiable information about these celebrities? Was she yeah. was she outing Robert De Niro every yep. year when she would announce his birthday was today? Well, it wasn't as easy to steal identities back then as it is now, my friend. All right. Well, here's the thing. It was your birthday yesterday. That's yeah. out there already. That's out there already. It's out there already. If Mary Hart was still alive, she would have announced it on Entertainment Tonight. So we might as well get ahead of the story. But uh, Great. I'm going to cancel my credit card really fast. Okay. You do that, but it's your birthday and... You know, I think this is worth mentioning because this is the weekend preview episode. Meg 2 The Trench is coming out. Also, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is coming out. And as part of your birthday celebration, we and a friend, we, we will not name her. We don't want to put out identifiable information about oh, people who are not us. Protect her, but don't protect until me. Until the second she becomes a, a celebrity at the level of the B.O. Boys, sure, I will I will put all her information out there, but that time is not come, so I won't say this friend's name, but we are going to see for your birthday, and I think at this point we could say for sure we're seeing this movie under duress. You'll be seeing this birthday movie under duress. We're going to see the Ninja Turtles this weekend. Mm-hmm. So I think a, a, a thing to keep into account when we do our top fives and our full final uh uh predictions this weekend is which of these new movies or the holdovers will be the birthday movies of choice you know because especially for august movies going to see movies for a birthday in a big group that is a big part of 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 the equation for whether a movie does well at the box office so we're seeing turtles for your birthday and I think we have to we have to hold that in our heads when we make these predictions. So, well, it's, happy it, birthday! Yeah, thank you. Well, the question is here: Is this a birthday party movie? Right, right for kids too. Right. I mean, not right. just adults. So that's going to be the question with Mutant Mayhem. I mean, it opened on Wednesday, so we already have preview numbers for it. Yes, yes. So it 3.8 for Tuesday previews. 
Mm-hmm. And it's looking at 30 million plus over the five day. That was as of yesterday. Yeah. So we, you know, that's going to change when you are hearing this episode. Uh, some trackers have it at 40 million for the five day. We had it higher. I mean, we both had it, I think, in the 30s for the three day. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and listen, I still think that the tracking is a little low on this or the predictions here are a little low, even with the weekend preview numbers coming in. I don't think this is necessarily a movie that's going to do well in the evening weekend preview slot. This is a kid's film. Yep. So even though kids are out of school, I still think it's going to play better on the weekend. It's going to play better in the daytime. And I do think the reviews for this movie are going to help it grow throughout the weekend because I think as more kids see this movie and actually, you know, the reviews are great and word of mouth is going to be really important for this turtles movie. Cause I do, I do think audiences need convincing that this is good. Mm-hmm. And so the more people see it, I think the more people that will see it as the weekend continues that that's well, where I am on turtles. It, it had a better rotten tomatoes rating than even Spidey cartoon. Wow. At a point. I don't know if that's wow. still the case, but so it's in the nineties. Yeah. I, I still think that it will have a bigger opening weekend than is being looked at. I mean, you said 30 for the five day. I still think it could hit 30 in the three day. I think that Mm -hmm. word of mouth is going to be huge on this. And comparisons to Spidey cartoon are exactly what you want right now. Because Spidey cartoon is one of the most beloved biggest hits of the summer. I mean, the big thing is, is does Barbie, uh, does Barbenheimer continue to just eat all? Right I now, mean, that you know, could Barbie's be the case. Up there. I, yeah, I think that is the case here. So, I mean, but Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles seems like a movie that could play well into the fall. Yeah. Because, again, it's a it's a kid's movie. If people like it, it's the rats need their cheese. So rats need their cheese. Yeah. And this definitely looks like it's aimed at a younger demographic than even Barbie. Yes, yes. And it's got, you know, I mean, we've talked about it. The the issue is you you don't get to have Seth Rogen out there on the chat circuit uh, pumping this up. But it did play at Comic-Con without any actors. They showed footage of it at, at Hall H. And, you know, that was half full. And people people are liking it. Every time they get to get a little taste of these turtles, the word is that people are liking it. So I think you just need more tastes, more tastes, more bites at the shell. And then the word of mouth is going to be big, but I, yeah, well, I think it could still do 30. I did see a, in the three day, a YouTube video of ice cube and Seth Rogen eating each other's favorite snacks. So they okay. did record stuff previous to the strike. Okay to you know show so people were excited about it that's great so there is some promotion going on i mean and also there's no limit to the ads there that can be shown so i'm seeing those ads everywhere i'm seeing a tie-in with pizza hut you can get a special pizza from pizza hut i believe that is ninja turtles 
not necessarily themed, but it ties in with the movie in some way. So that advertisement and people know this movie is out. Yeah. And I think yeah. the Seth Rogen edition is to me more for the adults to bring their kids and the kids to be like, Oh, the guy from pineapple express. Yeah. Can Seth Rogen and you're in the screen actors guild, a member of bad standing. Bad standing so, yeah. so, so you would, you would know the answer to this. Can Seth Rogen do a sly promotion this weekend for turtles by delivering pizzas to the strikers on the picket lines? You know, he yeah, doesn't say anything. I do that. Mm-hmm. So you, I mean, you could that, say, yeah, he could say Calabunga. He could take so he could go to the the picket lines, deliver pizzas, say Cowabunga. He's not wearing turtles merch. He's not promoting it, but he just just that he's allowed to do that. Per yeah, he's, he's not necessarily promoting struck work. He's just giving some pizzas out to people. Right, right. And, and listen, there would be people online who would they would see what he was doing and they would try and you know oh this is he's a scab he's a scab but it's hard to be considered a scab when you are delivering food to the picketers well and the thing with pizza is that it's so dividable mm-hmm. i mean if you're bringing food to picketers pizza is one of the best things to do because you can give out individual slices. He's not going to bring Chinese food right. and plop some lo mein in people's hands. That's bad. Right. So right, pizza right. just makes sense. And it also right. can be a benefit to his movie. Why not do it? I think he right. should be doing it right now. If yeah. he hasn't done it I'm sh- by now, I'm shocked. Yeah. I mean, honestly, they should get the whole cast of Turtles to deliver pizzas across all these picket lines. Yeah, well, those the that, they're John little Cena. kids. Oh, you're not talking about the Turtles. You're talking about Cena, the, Ice Cube, Paul yes. Rudd. Yes, they should all be delivering pizzas to the picket lines this weekend. Uh, yeah. A.O. Edaberry. Yes, A.O. Barry should be should be everyone I should be everyone in that wrong. cast should be delivering pizzas. I shouldn't so. even tried it. Well, well, you're on strike, so so yeah. pronouncing the names of actors correctly is also possibly uh, struck work. But so. I think you said it right, A.O. Barry. Okay, I don't know. I, I I said it okay. I guess so. Um, so Turtles is coming out, but we, you know, and if you want to hear us talk more about predictions for that, go to our last episode with Wannabe O intern Christopher. We all talked Turtles preview. So the other big movie coming out this weekend is the Meg is Meg Two, mm-hmm. the Trench. So Jason Statham fighting a giant. Uh, giant shark, a giant prehistoric shark. The trailer has what I think is a great image of the Meg eating a Tyrannosaurus Rex. I love that. I feel, I feel worried though that in this movie that could be a scene that that is like a dream sequence or something. I don't know. Like, like this movie is mm-hmm. not going to be about the Meg in prehistoric times fighting dinosaurs. Yeah, um, but it is a great image in the trailer. They play the song Barracuda in the trailer. I mean, that that if you were making enough Meg movies at some point, Barracuda had to be in the trailer. So the thing is, this one really feels like 
it was a movie that people were high on at the beginning of the summer that now is going to get eaten alive by Barbenheimer. You know, yeah, the Meg I, feels like the T-Rex and Barbenheimer feels like the Meg in that trailer. I feel like maybe – I don't think everybody was high on this. I do think that there were people who thought it could be a sleeper. I think this is definitely big – international worldwide play it's not a domestic play at this point mm-hmm. it definitely is going to do really well overseas and i think it's going to do very poorly here because it's the epitome of what people have rejected this year okay which is another round of a action movie that we've kind of seen all the moves of right and I think, like, uh, you know, when you look at Dallas Destiny, you look at MI7, uh, when you when you look at those sort of movies, when you look at Fast X, you know, the Meg has one move, and it's Shark. And then this one is Bigger Shark. And Statham is a guy, but he, you know, his hits are modest hits. And so this thing really looks stale to me. When you put it up against Barbie and Oppenheimer, it just looks stale. Okay. And there's nothing in these trailers that excites me. I mean, the first one did really well. The first one did 145 up, domestic after yeah. opening at 45. So the first one was a was a, a an all-out hit on both domestically and internationally. It ended up 527 worldwide. And it was like a surprise sort yes. of that it did at that well. I think all the surprise here is gone. I think this looks stale as hell. And I do think that it's going to tank here. I'm not saying it's going to you know open in the teens, but I don't think it's going to do well uh, domestically compared to the first one. There's no way it reaches 144 here. Yeah, but I think it does buff a bobo overseas. That's what yeah. this movie is. It's not well, for domestic uh, consumption. I I I disagree a little bit with this movie being the epitome of what's going wrong this summer because what's going wrong this summer are a superhero movies, but b late entries in long running franchises. You know, when you say indie, that's the fifth one. In uh, Mission Impossible is the seventh one. Transformers is like the seventh or eighth one. So I think Fast X is the X one. So I don't think the Meg 2 is necessarily a problem because it's a sequel. I think the bigger problem is it's the, and this is the great Scott Mendelssohn's, uh, one of his great, box office inventions this is the tomb raider trap or not mm-hmm. even necessarily the tomb raider trap because the tomb raider trap is first movie is a big hit but is bad second movie is actually a good movie but bombs because of the first movie this doesn't so we look don't like know a good movie this doesn't look like a good movie so it's probably not tomb raider trap so forgive me scott mendelson for even invoking that but i think it's a problem in that the first movie was not good and not liked and didn't give people exactly what they hoped for which was, I think, a more gonzo movie. You know, the Mm -hmm. Meg original movie was not as gonzo as the premise and the sort of trailer would have led you to believe. And I think, to me, that's a bigger problem. If the Meg was a surprisingly great movie that was beloved in retrospect, I don't think there's any problem with there being a sequel because, I mean, look at John Wick 4. 
that still had all the steam. You could do sequels. Spidey Cartoon 2 was a big hit. Guardians of the Galaxy 3 was a big hit. But the problem is the first one isn't some beloved great movie, and now it's a sequel. So It does yeah, play on cable less. a lot, though. It does play on cable a lot, I've heard. Yes. That is yeah. there. But here's my thing why I think it is It's equivalent. a rewatchable. I do think it's equivalent to those other franchises because sometimes franchises wear out their welcome in a shorter span of time. Meg 2 is Fast X because you don't need more than one Meg movie. Right. Right. That's my thing is that nobody is saying, I really need to see more of this, especially this summer. Which I mean, July second biggest July ever, yeah, point three seven billion, and that is thanks to you know a lot of things, but mostly yeah. Barbenheimer. Yep. But this to me feels like the kind of stuff that is you know old and tired, and it's gonna get rejected. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, when you look at that first one opening at 45 million domestic uh, back in August of 2018, and now as we sit right now, it feels like the Meg 2 is going to open to about half of that. 20 So then, you know, then that sort of leads you to do the math and, and, and make it feel like this is a movie that domestically is going to top out in the 60s or 70s. Um, but you know what? Like you said, it's an international play, and you got to make a sequel to that first Meg movie, you know, after that performance. You don't have to make Fast X or Indy 5 or Transformers 8. You know, Mm -hmm. those were uh, uh, moves that shouldn't have been made, but you had to at least make a sequel to that first Meg movie. And then after this, then the decision is based on what it does. Does this get another theatrical sequel? Does it start to become a straight to quote unquote DVD type franchise? You know, because I there mean, will be I, more Megs. There definitely I, will be more Megs. I I mean, I think it might be a jarhead situation where you have Meg 3 that right. drops on a streamer and Statham is nowhere near it. Right, 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 right. No, I mean, that's this is, that's this very f- possible. This feels Pacific Rim-ish to me, where first movie opens up, does like 37, and then legs out to 100 or something, and then Uprising opens to, what did it open to? Oh, that's 28, a good call. Yeah. 28, so that's sort of not that much lower, but it legs out to 59. Right. Right. Well, I think with the Pacific Rim movies, the thought was the sequel will do much better than the first one because they thought that the first one had sort of Austin powered itself and gained fans post theatrical. And that didn't really happen with Pacific Rim. I mean, I think when Meg 2, it's a total cash grab and that again, they had to make a sequel to that first one. That first one made so much money with. You know, it's it's a big budget movie, but you're not, you know, and Statham's a movie star for sure. And he's getting paid well, but it's not a movie where it's like a fast movie where there's 10 different people who are all getting paid, 
you know, 10 to $20 million a piece and the budget is out of control. You can make your Meg movies for relatively a good budget. Well, when you look at this specific Rim Uprising in 2018, 59.8 domestic haul and then international, 231 million. So you're going to see, I don't think the Meg is going to, be as low as this i think it will get over 60 at, at, you know all in but the lopsidedness is what you're gonna see you're gonna see a hugely lopsided international box office for this yes. movie yeah and and listen it's not guaranteed that the meg 2 internationally does even as well as it did last time because again especially with china Bobby. It's going up against Barbie, and especially when it comes to China, it's a different world than it was in 2018. The Hollywood movies are not raking in those big China bucks the way that they did, you know, pre-pandemic. It's just China has its own movies now, and the Hollywood movies don't play. The Meg is obviously a movie that is very geared towards international because Language doesn't seem to matter when you're talking of Meg movie, just watching giant sharky people, but it probably won't do as well as it did the first time. And I know Scott Mendelson was on a few months ago and he was very high on Meg two internationally, but it may underperform there too. No, I mean, it may, but they have, they cast one of the highest grossing, the highest grossing actor of all time in China. Right, right, Wu right. Jing is in this movie. So that was done intentionally. Yeah, true. And that, I mean, it may not do that well, but if you've got the highest grossing actor of all time, in, it's like having Tom Cruise well, in your movie. Well. I'm, I guess, I guess you're right. You're right. It's true. I guess it doesn't matter. But over there, it may matter. Yeah, yeah. Wu, Wu Jing may be in a better spot today than Tom Cruise is in the United States. Yeah. Um, and, and it's still Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is not finished by any chance. Just yeah, I mean. I, I, seven underperformed. Yeah. And we're giving it. The thing about MI is that it came up against a, a yeah. buzzsaw. And yeah. it's doing fine for a number seven in a franchise that yes. is not known domestically to be spectacular so uh, you know we don't want to defend him and and say that there isn't a problem with mi7 and it's not a disappointment but there are factors involved here yeah yeah i mean they they didn't outright reject this movie no no listen we've talked about it and and the more you think about it that possibly the biggest problem is tom cruise's entire promotional tactic was you got to see this on the biggest screens in the world. And then within a week, the biggest screens in the world were not showing Mission Impossible 7. And he mm-hmm. gave his audiences an impossible task. I mean, look, look, you have not it's seen great, Mission Impossible 7. It's a great tie-in, though, when you think about it. Yeah. Um, here's something about Meg 2 and the promotion that I think needs to be discussed is that Warner Brothers Discovery owns a Discovery Channel. One of the biggest weeks in television every year is Shark Week on Discovery Channel. And Shark Week happened about a week ago, so right before Meg 2, The Trench came out. The host of that week was Jason Momoa, 
and the entire week was a promotional tie-in for Aquaman 2. It was mm-hmm. not Jason Statham hosting Shark Week promoting Meg to the Trench. And, yeah. you know, I think that's a missed opportunity, but it does show where the Warner Brothers executives were at when it came to these two fish movies. You know, they mm-hmm. had two fish movies in front of them and they chose Aquaman 2. They did not choose Meg to the Trench. And listen, and I'm under the assumption if, if asked, Jason Statham would have hosted Shark Week. He would have sat in a yeah. green screen studio for three hours and said, ooh, look at that shark. Ooh, look at that shark. Ooh, look at that shark. That's a cool shark. You know, he would have done it. Well, hilariously, Aquaman is possibly not even coming out this year. So it'll get, it's going to be another case of, oh, we've got this promotion that is going to benefit this movie. And then it's useless because the movie then gets moved. Right, right. That's very possible. I mean, I, I still think Aquaman 2 cannot move. I, I think you put that out, but but even just in general, even if it comes out in December, Shark Week's in July. So they chose to use July Shark Week to promote a December movie rather than a early August movie. But who knows when all this stuff was shot? It it could have assumed that Aquaman was coming out earlier. Like we we just don't know how long ago this whole right. thing happened right for all we know warner brothers has the next like eight years worth of shark week hosting footage in the can already yeah yeah i mean yeah. it's definitely possible so let's let's talk a little bit about this email that we got just to go back to mission impossible really sure. quick uh one of bo boy reed wrote the mission is over period Over. I was going to watch Mission Impossible again theatrically. I thought it would stick around till Labor Day, but my local 14plex only has it at 9:50 p.m. next week. Well, mission over. Wow. Wow. It's looking pretty bad. It's looking pretty bad. Yeah, I mean when you start to see and it's going to happen in the next week or so that Mission Impossible is only playing at the oddest times. You know, where, when, when you start to see it's an 11.15 showing every day, 11.15 a.m. showing. Mm-hmm. It's a 3.20 p.m. showing once a day. Yeah. That is that is sad. That is sad. You know, and that that's th- this is it. This is when you know it's over, when it gets to the once a day showings. You know, that was now, always a sad moment in the life of a of a blockbuster mm-hmm. when you would when you would see, oh, this is the last week or two. It's playing once a day. This is it for this movie. But and it happened so quickly with MI7. That's so the thing is the half-life of <coughs> pardon me, the half-life of this movie was shocking. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, do it's we want to get to our, our top fives? Let's just, before we get to our top fives, a few more emails came in. So we've got wannabe O boy Chris, who is not wannabe O intern Chris. They are different people. We have so many listeners now that some of them are going to have the same first name. And that's just, everyone's going to have to deal with that. That's a sign of great success when you double up on names for fans. Yes. Yeah. When, when it becomes hard to identify who is who, that is when you know you've made it, and therefore that's when you know you're a celebrity and your birthday must be 
broadcast publicly. So that's another sign that I was correct in doing that. So wannabe oh boy Chris uh, says that. I was listening to your most recent episode. Towards the end, you were talking about TMNT being in all the crap theaters. Christopher mentioned growing up spoiled and only knowing stadium seating. I thought I'd mention that I've been in Vienna. Congratulations, Chris, that I've been in Vienna for the past week with my near 18-year-old son. Uh, and he says, in quote, incidentally, perhaps the most boring European capital. Shots fired mm-hmm. on Vienna. Um, so he continues, we started seeing long movies as a way to kill some time. We saw MI7, third time for me, and Dial of Destiny at a place called English Cinema Hayden. No dubbing, obviously, not even a subtitles. We saw the third man when in Vienna at the Berg keynote. These were all small, hot, stuffy, cramped basement theaters with pretty small screens. During Dial, the tall guy's head sitting in front of me covered about 20 percent of the screen that is a big head mm-hmm. says i doubt i miss much no leg room very weak ac having said that all three movies were packed it was so much fun felt like the real throwback movie going experience from my youth so that is from wanna bo boy christopher very interesting so so around the world people are are watching movies in cramped basement theaters with no ac and screen so small that it is barely five times the size of a human head. So mm-hmm. that is what people are doing around the world. So are we just spoiled Americans, Clayton, when we ask for these PLFs? Meanwhile, in Vienna, a, a, a world capital, they're watching movies in a basement. Not they're not a world. I mean, we're the entertainment capital, so we deserve the best entertainment. I mean, that's right. the thing, is that right. we we are the standard bearers. We set the pace. Right. Of course, they're not going to have as good a theaters as ours. We they shouldn't. Vienna we should, should always have the best. We should always have the best theaters. Absolutely, we should always have the best theaters. Yeah, and we have to be. Listen, we're never going to be the top in education. We're never right. going to be the lowest in uh, in crime. houselessness or yeah, crime. Yeah. But yeah. we can always be the best in theatrical if we want to be right that's what we have to remember is that we can be so far ahead in that if we wanted to we got to be so far ahead in something and that should be what it is right our children come to our theaters and Mm -hmm. talk about oh my gosh i'm so used to these cramped basements where Mm -hmm. i'm watching the third man for some reason right he's killing time i'm i'm now I'm walking into a palace. I'm walking into a paradise of luxury seating of giant screens, you know, right. s- screens bigger than most things in the entire country. Right. Right. Of some places. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's the reason why people come from all over the world to live in the United States. You know, it is why Ellis Island is full is because of our big screens, of our PLFs, of our rumble seats. You know, our children are not educated, but we have 40X here in the United States. Yeah, getting splashed yeah. with water in the face should be like for for people from other countries, like seeing a squirrel in the park. They should be right. shocked by it. Right, right. Right, right. So, yeah, but it is it is it is something to hear that 
these movies that play all over the world and and still get audiences are being shown in basements, no AC. But like you said, we're the entertainment capital of the world. So it's not us just whining when we say America needs more PLFs. It is just what should be. Mm-hmm. Now, um, while well, we're, thank you. Yes. Yeah. Go what are you going to say? No, no. I was just going to thank Christopher for this boots on the on the European ground email. That is some international reporting. Thank you, Christopher. Yeah, we kind of uh, thank you, Christopher. But we kind of had our fill with Pat over there talking about France or wherever the hell he was. So yeah, it's a domestic Paris. podcast. So yeah. it, so it, it it only really matters about theaters there. But it it does give us a. I mean, listen, it was a great talking point, and it did give us a conversation about the dominance that we should have in theatrical. But while we're at it, we got a new review on mm-hmm. Apple Podcasts, the most important place to review. So give yes. five stars. Love the show, blah, blah, blah. We got one from Daniel. Daniel says, the best movie podcast in the business. I've searched years for a great movie podcast and have always come up short. My long search is over, says Daniel. Thank you, B.O. Boys. Thank you. Wow. Thank I mean, you. Thank you, Daniel. Or, we, or you're welcome. You're welcome, Daniel. Not you're thank welcome. You, but you're welcome. Yeah. We started this podcast for that reason. Yes. We searched high and low yeah. for something about box office, people who actually knew about it, people who actually focused on it and cared about it. Yeah. A podcast that wasn't just a podcast, but a historical document. Mm-hmm. And that's what we have created. Yeah. And I envy you, Daniel, that you get to listen to it fresh right. and not re-listen to it like we do. Right, right. We could only enjoy this podcast having already said the words. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, we don't get to experience it the way the listeners do. And you're right. The B.O. Boys exist because we wanted to listen to the B.O. Boys. Yes. But the B.O. Boys didn't exist until we became the B.O. Boys. Mm-hmm. But if we had went out there and we had found the B.O. Boys, we wouldn't have had to become the B.O. Boys. That That yeah. is, you know, that is the conundrum of Clayton and I's life. So, um, you know. You're welcome, basically, to all the listeners. But yes, Apple Podcasts is the place to give us a five-star review. And you know what? It's Clayton's birthday. No, stop it. So as a birthday gift to Clayton, give us a five-star review as a birthday gift. Isn't that a nice birthday gift to give us a five-star review? It is nice. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, my birthday is in a couple of weeks. Yeah. We'll, and we'll talk about it ad nauseum on this show. I expect the 17th, uh, 17th of, August. of August. And I expect there to be a week of episodes devoted to my birthday. Yeah. So I'm excited for that. And when it comes time for my birthday in a couple of weeks, five star reviews as a gift to me right now. Let's give five-star reviews as a birthday gift to Clayton. Sure. So well, it's birthday month here on the B.O. Boys. Let's do our top fives here. Let's do it. So do you want to go first? 
Um, I will go first. And for the third weekend in a row, it's got to be Barbie. It's got to be Barbie. And 93 million last weekend. And I think this movie's going to do a similar drop in maybe at 40%, which would be a drop of what, like 38 million. So it's going to make like 55 million, probably Barbie for number Mm -hmm. one. So Barbie's number one with 55. I think number two will be these turtles. I'm just going to say it gets a 30 in the three day. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I think it could do it. Maybe I'm, I'm, overestimating how good this word of mouth is going to be, but I go turtles to uh, number two at around 30 million. Well, what did you then, say initially for your, Oh, well, whatever my prediction was on the last episode, that's my prediction. Okay. But, so yeah, yeah. I, I forget exactly. And I probably was in the thirties, but either way, that's number two. Then number three is a close one because Oppenheimer, you figure is going to drop 50% and make around 23, 24 million. So it really is a question of is Meg 2 going to open so low that it makes less than Oppenheimer? I, yeah, I got it. God, I can't send Oppenheimer down to four. So Oppenheimer is number three. Mm-hmm. Meg 2, the trench is number four. And then. I think that Haunted Mansion falls off a cliff and Sound of Freedom jumps over Haunted Mansion and Sound of Freedom is number five. That, that's yeah. where I'm at. That's uh, where I'm at. So I'm going Haunted Mansion goes to, to six and MI7 goes down to... Oh, here's the, here's the prediction I'll throw out there. Here's what I'll throw out there in the bottom half. I think Talk to Me, the A24 horror film... Mm-hmm. finishes ahead of Mission Impossible 7 Dead Reckoning Part 1 in the top 10 this weekend. They both had a pretty much photo finish around 10 million last weekend. Mm-hmm. And I think Talk to Me is the movie with momentum and is going to finish ahead of Mission Impossible. So that's my that's secondary prediction. Uh, anyway, so Clayton, what is your top five? Number one, Barbie, of course, Slam Doink. I do think this movie makes 60. Wow. I think it holds really well. People still want to see this movie. Number two, I'm going to go Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Madness because I did say 33 for my three-day, so I'm going to stick to that. Okay. But I think Oppenheimer is very close underneath it. And then I I think, yeah, Meg is four. Wow. Because I don't see it beating Oppenheimer. I just don't. Yeah, it's hard to imagine that. And then I agree with you. I think Haunted Mansion is going to get killed by Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Nobody's talking about that movie. Nobody cares about that movie. So Sound of Freedom is going to continue to roll. And I do think it beats Haunted Mansion. So that's my uh, fifth movie this weekend. So I think we're pretty much in tandem here. Do you do you agree with the talk to me over Mission Impossible? Wow. Wow. Mission Impossible is just losing theaters and there's no momentum there. I think people are thinking I'm going to check this out on Paramount Plus. Um, I will be seeing Talk to Me in theaters tonight. Nice. 
I'm I'm yeah. very excited to see it. I felt like it has hit the zeitgeist, you know, enough that I needed to see this film. So you you have to give us some boots on the ground on Sunday. Yes, when we I do will. our wrap up to see what was the crowd like because that yeah where where you live it there there is a lot of older people but there is a lot of kid kids yeah like fifth like there are kids kids i would bet that yes yeah i'm gonna bet though that in my neighborhood it will be what i think makes up the majority of or a big part of the movie going audience in my neighborhood which is older people who still think that they are young Mm -hmm. and i feel like that will be the audience for talk to me where i'm going but we'll see if it's a heavily teen audience Mm -hmm. then you know this movie has got the juice because obviously the teen audience is what's gonna make this make this what it is just horror heads and hipsters Mm mm-hmm um, so we, we will see. I'll give a boots on the ground reporting. I'll also let people know if, you know, this is a horror movie. I've heard there is some gnarly scares in here. Want to be a winter Christopher did say that there are some shocking moments. So will those shocking moments, uh, create vomits? You know, we haven't heard anything about vomits like we do with terrifier too, but will they create some big audience reactions? So I will keep track of what the audience is doing during those big scare moments, see if we get vomit, see if we get walkouts and screams and so on. I mean, I think vomit is such a rare, rare yeah. case. You really yeah. have to hit a certain tenor yeah. of horror movie to get vomiting. Yeah. I'm not predicting vomiting, but uh, you know, if if there's vomit, we'll be there. That's Absolutely. that's one of our promises to you. The listener. So I think, I mean, yeah, email us, of course, at the BO Boys Podcast at gmail.com. We love getting your emails, reading your emails. Thank you again to Reed and to uh, Chris. And we got a great email from Austin that we will get through. Um, Austin just always sends such great in depth emails. So thank you, Austin. Well, he's the one that. who mentioned Momoa being the host of shark week is that yes, where you got course. that from yes 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 yeah, so thank you austin source, for that Matt. thank you thank source. you austin for the hot tip about momoa i i mean i also did see weeks and weeks of advertisements for momoa hosting shark week mm-hmm. um you know from watching warner brothers discovery content you know i do i do watch max yeah so um, i canceled yes, my no, max subscription I got. I no I gotta hold subscribe on. to Max. I gotta. I gotta hold on to Max. They still got it. They still got one of the better archival libraries. Yeah, know? if you can dig through all the reality bullshit, it's That's it's terrible now. It's it. it, it uh, we're not the stream of boys, huh? 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 But Max, you have to make it possible to hide the discovery bullshit. Yeah, I want to see movie content. Yeah, you have such a deep library of great cinema that you are burying underneath these renovation shows yes and dr pimple popper yes and these my thousand pound girlfriend all this stuff love at first 
bite or whatever it is. I don't know. Love at first date. I don't know what it is. And if those were movies, fine. If there was a, you know, Ivan Reitman movie called My Thousand Pound Girlfriend, sure, put that on yeah. the home page. Of course, it's a movie. We'll watch it, but not a, you know, 13 season TV series that was on Discovery you know, in the, in the late or TLC. 90s. I don't want to see any TLC shows Yeah, on a front page, but that's yeah. all I see. So I canceled you. Wow. Wow. That, I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, that's cancel culture right there. I, I was going to say the real cancel culture. Yeah. Is yeah. I canceled my Netflix and I canceled max. Wow. Wow. I and mean, everything I, I, else is on the in Paramount Plus. You're on the chopping block too, my friend. The only one that I will continue to pay for is Peacock. Yeah, you got to keep the cock. Yep, you got to hold on to the cock, mm-hmm. Peacock. So, uh, while Paramount, I mean, listen, we're not the Streamo boys, but hearing you who in a in a past life was very pro Paramount Plus to to hear mm-hmm. that that one is on the chopping block. Even yeah. with all of its road rules, real world archival content, with all of its Tom Cruise movies. I mean, you've got to hold on to it for a few more weeks because let's face it, MI7 Dead Reckoning will be on Paramount Plus a lot sooner than any of us thought. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's probably I watched that and then I cancel. Wow. Wow. And then and then I just pick it up when there's something that I want to watch. I mean, that's wow. the way you got to do it is cancel wow. and then resubscribe and then cancel. Listen, we're not the streamo boys. Obviously, as the show becomes more and more uh, worldwide successful, who knows? Maybe there's spinoffs down the line, but that is a long time from now. And there needs to be a big check to to get the streamo mm-hmm. boys to happen. So, yeah, you know. Um, so email us, of course, give us five-star reviews. We mentioned that it's birthday month here on the BO boys. So five-star birthday presents for us would be great. Watch us on YouTube. We are much like the directors of talk to me. We are YouTubers. So subscribe to the BO boys podcast, YouTube channel, which is also just blowing up right now. We've got full episodes there. We've got clips from episodes so you could relive your favorite moments of past episodes on the YouTube channel. Join, of course, the YouTube community. Give us some comments. Give us some thumbs up. And, of course, subscribe. And, of course, what else do you do on YouTube, Clayton? Ring that bell. You gotta ring that bell. When you ring that bell on YouTube, good things happen for everyone. So ring that bell for us on YouTube. And, uh, of course, follow us on social medias. Wannabeo intern Christopher is killing it on the social medias at the B.O. Boys pod. And he's got the clips. He's got the vertical clips. That's what everyone wants these days is vertical clips. So Wannabeo intern Christopher giving you that at the B.O. Boys pod on social media. And I think that's it, Clayton. Yeah, that's it. I don't think there's anything left to say, Pat. No, there's nothing left to say. Except for, until next time, we'll smash.